Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Mark auditions for the role of Mario in Illumination's rumored Super Mario Brothers movie. It's a me, Mario. I'm a gonna win. It could use some work. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We have got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the rumors of a Mario animated film and Game Freak looking to shake things up with Pokemon on Switch. And then on Thursday, we're going to be coming back for our Thanksgiving feast, uh, talking about a bunch of different third-party games, L.A. Noir, Skyrim, Doom. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah. Good, 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 good. How good. about you? Uh, I was rocking a little bit of a headache earlier, uh, and so I'm trying to just like center myself a little bit. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Drinking, I'm drinking a Gatorade. Nothing centers oneself like a low-calorie G2 lemon-lime. I mean, you were reading that slogan right off the bottle, is nothing centers oneself like a low-calorie G2 lemon-lime. <laughs> what does the two stand for? I, it's I obviously don't drink enough Gatorade. I don't because right <laughs> because what is G two? So Gatorade claims to have like a whole system of like here are the things you eat and drink before and after your workout. Um, G one is the like uh, carb heavy like kind of sugary gel stuff that you eat at like the beginning of a run. Mm. Um, G two is there the most like drink like thing. Um, which is just like has a lot of electrolytes and whatever. Classic Gatorade. Classic Gatorade is G2. And then G3 is the recovery shake, heavy in protein, uh, like that that sort of thing. Oh, gotcha. If you followed a whole Gatorade regimen, you would do G1 before your workout, G2 while you're working out, G3 in the recovery period afterwards. And of course, we all follow the Gatorade workout regimen. Of course, and you would be diabetic because there's way too much sugar in it. (laughs) diabetic but maybe you'd be enjoying this lovely weather (laughs) that's right let's move into the weather um even kind of chilly i look i know we always come or i always complain about the weather right i'm gonna do it again go go for it so on thanksgiving it's supposed to be like 85 degrees okay now look we are not yet to thanksgiving we will get there mark I know. Okay, fine. Right we'll now, we'll complain about it in the future. Great, right, I'm saying. right now, it's lovely. I'm loving it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very good. Our guest weather today is from Bethesda, Maryland. Um, no doubt, a uh, 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 a an acknowledgement yes. of uh, Doom and Skyrim coming out on the Switch this last week. Um, uh, it seems like uh, Maryland is kind of rocking a fifty-ish degrees and cloudy. Right. Big, yeah. Yes, that is right. Big ups to mm-hmm. Maryland, Bethesda, Maryland, specifically the rest of Maryland. You can wait your turn. Uh, but I mean, at least moderately sized ups to the rest of Maryland. Mark says no. I mean, I'm, I'm not I, saying no. I'm saying let's. We shall see. Mm, mm, I see. So we're we're really doing this on a week by week basis, city by city, city by city. Uh, what size ups you get depends on whether you're the city of the week or not. And, of course, biggest of ups to Bethesda, Maryland. 
Very good. All right, let's move into what we've been playing this last week. Now, a lot of what we've been playing is we're going to talk about in Thursday's episode. So Episodes. Episodes, yes. Look out. We're going to hit you with three mini-ish episodes, uh, each talking about Skyrim, Doom, and L.A. Noir. Not necessarily in that order. You pick which one you're interested in. Or all three. Or all three. Who cares? <laughs> or two out of three. Mm, yes. Or listen to none of them and just wait for the next news episode. My feelings will be hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, good. Um, Mark, I might revoke my biggest of ups. Oh, well, okay. I can do that. You can, but only to cities that you have already issued big ups to. That's right. So everybody in Bethesda, Maryland, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. listen to all three. Um, Mark, have you been playing anything other than the three aforementioned games? Uh, only Stardew Valley. A mm-hmm. little bit of Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley, an ongoing thing for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing just like a little bit at a time. Alex and I are very close to getting engaged, I believe. I just oh, gave very him good. the bouquet, so we are now officially boyfriend and boyfriend. I think it's just boyfriends. <laughs> You're now officially boyfriends. Well, we'll never know. <laughs> Alex and I call it boyfriend and boyfriend. That's well, just fine. a cute thing that we do. Oh, great. <laughs> but other than that, I'm in. So I am in fall of the first year. And fall is thus far my least favorite time. Mm-hmm. Only because it's like ugly. The colors are ugly. Right. And you can you not grow anything in fall? You can. They're oh, like fall can. crops. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I. I guess kind of what i think i'm gonna do is make it through the first year and then reset and go to like a different location you know like try Mm -hmm. try playing differently yeah 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 but uh, giving up after a a year of it i don't know we'll see how it goes yeah yeah yeah. um i continue to play super mario odyssey um i um beat the how do i do this without spoiling it there is a um like extra challenge course that opens in in the post game um that is very long with no checkpoints in it um and i got to it and beat it this this weekend um and feel really good about it it was so much fun to do and to play um is it easier or harder than like i guess what i would call the equivalent one in 3D world uh, easier, um, because and uh, easier than the perfect run in um, Super Mario Galaxy Two, the two hundred and forty second star in that game, um, because those both that and the very last level of Super Mario Three D World I never beat, um, because they're just too hard. Um, this one I, I probably worked on for like an hour and a half straight. Um, and sometimes getting like really deep into it. Cause it, it, what, even when you're doing it right, it probably takes 10 minutes to run the whole course. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just cool and fun and plays a lot of like the greatest hits of like captures throughout the game. Um, and is just like really smart and fun and fast. And I had a ton of fun doing it. That sounds super interesting. Like I'm really looking forward to seeing the speed running community that builds up around Odyssey. I think that'll be really fun. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, that, that'll be, that'll be super cool to see. Um, especially for the courses like this, where it's just like, Oh, you just have to be a wizard to get through it. And like, I've been 
as I often say when talking about Odyssey, have been using the uh, long jump, throw the hat, dive to the hat, jump off the hat, throw the hat, dive again. Um, and doing, there are a lot of points in this course where that's like a necessary move um, to like get through it without dying. Um, which I guess is to say to get through it. <laughs> um, but it's 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 just cool to see the kind of like extended technique of the game um become necessary. Uh I have also uh retaught myself how to play arms, um, which was a tough relearning curve. Um go on motion controls? No, 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 no. I'm just going pro controller these days. Um, which seems more precise. But um yeah, I, I had I had the game uh, last time I was playing it up to difficulty level five of seven, um, and uh, I popped right back in at that and you know got destroyed like Im- immediately, ho- hopelessly, helplessly, um, and so I knocked it all the way back down to one and like went through a circuit with a new character and then like back to two, new character three, um, and now I'm sitting comfortably at level four. But man, it's a uh, that that game can be so hard um when you're playing on anything but like the easiest difficulty levels but i'm enjoying it uh and i i i like the the two new characters um and uh yeah it's a, it's a good game and just like a solid fighting game i'm happy to um have it as something i can revisit um all right uh mark let's get into what is going to be coming out next week and what we might be playing next week <laughs> We have a couple of 3DS new releases what? coming out today. Uh, on the eShop, there's Apollo Justice Ace Attorney. That was a DS game that is being ported or brought over by Capcom to the 3DS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this is one that, of the Ace Attorney series, a series I love, that I have not played. Now, uh, Apollo, that's a he's another attorney in the Ace Attorney universe? Yeah, so it's like okay. he is kind of... So they made these Phoenix, the Phoenix Wright games, mm-hmm. and then they... Apollo Justice like exists with Phoenix Wright. He's just kind of like a side character that they gave his own game. Can I just say these characters have the best names? Oh, they're yeah. Apollo oh, yeah. Justice and Phoenix Wright. They're pretty amazing. And there was actually a whole interview uh around the uh kind of like marketing for the release mm-hmm. on the eShop of Apollo Justice where they talk about, you know, because like their names and or like the localization process and how they come up with these names because Obviously, the names in Japanese are not Phoenix Wright or Apollo Justice at all. Right. And uh, um, I can't remember any specifics from this Very uh, good, Mark. <laughs> Very good. But it's worth seeking out if you have any interest at all. Um, also, there's yet another River City Ransom game. I guess River, they're just called River City games. Yeah, in at least in the United States, they are of the Kunio Kun series. That's right. Um. So yeah, like River City Ransom or that Tokyo River City Tokyo Rumble. Yeah, I always like from like a year ago. The one I'm most familiar with is River City Ransom. So mm-hmm. I assume all of these are in the River City Ransom s- series, but that is of course not true. <laughs> They're all in the River City series. Series. Yeah. Is that the name of the town in No, in Music Man? Uh, no, but it no. is the name of the t- of a town in Iowa, right? River City is the name of a town in Iowa. Is that know. what you're asking me? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> Keep going down the list. Okay. I'm looking it up. All right. Uh, and then of course there's a uh a ton of Switch releases coming out. 
the, I'm just going to name some of them. Great. Geared Club Unlimited, uh, Azure Striker Gunvolt Striker Pack, which I think is like the physical release of those Azure Striker Gunvolt games. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Beat Zonic. And then on the 23rd, on Thursday, we're getting Portal Knights, Stick It to the Man, Transcripted, Worms, WMD, Kid Trip, Letter Quest Remastered, Mantis Burn Racing, Crimson Land. So the indie gold rush continues. Um, what is Portal Knights? Why are why are all these games? Why do all these games have night in them? I know it's uh kind of confusing because they all vaguely sound familiar to me. I could not tell you which one specifically Portal Knights is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then on and then of course November twenty fourth is Black Friday here in the United States. Um, and. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Explorers Edition that we had talked about a couple of weeks ago includes like a double-sided map and like a book, little booklet of lore and stuff. That is coming out. And then the... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. And then the the sound of searching. (laughs) Then the Link Nintendo 2DS that includes a download of The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D uh, with that like classic Link, like green and yellow, is coming out on Friday as well. Which is a good deal if you want to play Ocarina of Time again. It's a, or for the first time ever, I guess. Uh, it's, the, as far as I'm concerned, the way to play it. River City is the name of the uh, town in Music Man. So, well, so gr- that's awesome because now in my head, all of these games take place in the Music Man in universe. The Music Man universe. <laughs> um, I like that. Uh, is it, were, were there any of these games that you were interested in picking up, Mark? Well, we were talking a little bit before the show began just like all the games that are currently available that i have not purchased mm, yes. that i'm still interested in picking up uh none of, like you were saying you're kind of wanted to see what the uh reception of river city rival showdown was oh river river city rival showdown i'm super soft interested in oh okay i think it, probably the uh, tokyo rumble was probably enough to hold me over for a generation. I just you know? can't believe how many of these games. This is the are third one that we've talked about coming out since we started doing the show a little over a year ago. Three. That's all. <laughs> um, but no, there are still some. There's not really anything this week. Maybe Portal Knights. If once I learn what that is, <laughs> which one of those that is. But um, no. But there are like games from the that were released earlier this year that I still haven't picked up, including one I think was released last week, the uh, VVVVV mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. That looks really cool. I still want to get... Uh, Batman Telltale? Yeah. What was the one that's like Azure Striker Gunvolt? But, uh, Mighty Gunvolt Burst. Oh, yeah, Burst. Mighty Gunvolt mm-hmm. Burst. Like, all of those. There's so many, like, indie or smaller titles that I still want to pick up but just don't have time to play. Right. We Look, we only have time to play so many games. Which is a good problem to have, I guess. It's a good problem to so have. So many games. All right, let's move out of the new releases. And now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, in honor of the holiday 
let's discuss the things for which we are thankful. All right. I'll I'll start. Okay, good. I'm thankful for caramel M&Ms. And the reason I'm thankful that they exist Mm -hmm. is because they always sounded so delicious to me. And I always wished wished that they would make them. And then they did. So they're not very good. Hold on. (laughs) So now I don't have to. I love that. (laughs) So you imagined caramel M&Ms before they existed. Yes. You conceived of them. And I was like, that would be so good. And right, because like peanut M and M's or peanut butter M and M's are right. so good. Regular M and M's are so good. Almond Crispy are is fine. disgusting. And you know, so you're like, that's a pretty good batting average. Mm-hmm. And I love caramel, so I bet mm. if they made a caramel M and M, it would be really delicious. And they did make them, and they're gross. And now I don't have to eat them anymore. I don't have to wonder. I think that kind of tracks though, because I don't really want a small ball of caramel around an M M&M. and M. You know what I mean? Like, caramel is nice when it's like there's a layer of it on something or when it's like a, a big gob of it, right? Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, the M&M amount seems, the proportion seems wrong to me. Yeah, and the consistency of the caramel yeah. is no good. But let us not dwell on the negative. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. I will be thankful for... Um, my bike and my ability to ride my bike to work has been very nice. I have been doing it a little bit less as it gets uh, cooler and more frequently dark. Um, I get out of work at 4.30 and even sometimes at 4.30, it's too dark for me to like ride my bike home. Is there more darkness during... Uh, the winter? Yeah. Is there more darkness hmm. during the winter or is it just like, is darkness shifted? Like it, like it becomes lighter earlier, and I'm still asleep for that part. There is more darkness. Okay. Um. Well, I'm certainly grateful for summer. Oh yes. Oh, when there is. I am grateful for summer when for there's sure. More sunlight. Uh, here's the thing. I'm grateful for spring. <laughs> summer's <laughs> summer's a bit much. Uh, I'm I am grateful for uh the fact that it is not mandatory that we see Justice League. I am very thankful for that. Because uh, there was a little bit, I think, in my just, you know, movie-going habits and, like, general nerdery, like, comic book fandom that, like, there's a Justice League movie. Naturally, you're going to see this movie. I don't feel that obligation. I'm excited not to see it. And I'm thankful that that time has passed me as well. Yeah. Even, even though, for me, it was not that long. I don't think it was that long ago. Like, I think two years ago, I would have seen justice league yeah 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 like without question opening weekend Mm -hmm. um and then been writing about it on the internet uh i'm mm -hmm. thankful that there is a new star wars trilogy Uh, in the works from ryan johnson that's good it means it uh gets me extra excited about the next one the last jedi bodes well for it i'm thankful for uh, let's see. What else am I thankful for? How much for? time do we have left? I don't know. Um, I try not to look at it until, <laughs> until the applause happens. Um, I am thankful for the abundance of recordings of 433 available for free on, <laughs> on Vimeo and YouTube. Uh, people really like to put up this uh, piece. I'm thankful for saltine crackers mm-hmm. that you can put peanut butter and honey on and eat with um, chicken noodle soup when you feel sick. 
the uh, crackers are out because uh, Sarah is not feeling super well right now, so she is also eating them in a uh, you know sick kind of way. Um, I am thankful for um, these the brightly colored sunglasses that I have a, a yellow pair, a red pair, and a blue pair, and I can decide which of these silly colors of sunglass I want to wear. I am thankful for porgs. Yeah, porgs seem super cool and cute. And those are two things that I really like. Um, I am thankful for all of our listeners who are putting up with this little exercise in uh, us being thankful with things. Um, I'm thankful for the like 15 second skip ahead option mm-hmm. that is available to all of our listeners who we're so thankful for. Yes. In case they're not thankful for this segment. You think that they 15 seconds skipped past me saying I was thankful for them in the first place? No, I'm saying if they wanted to, that's probably what they were waiting for. And then they were like, Mm. oh, great. I am also thankful for seatbelt laws. They save lives. (laughs) All right. We were accompanied today by Jurgen Dahman. To which, to whom we are very grateful. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Mark, let's get into the news. All right. First up, the Wall Street Journal reported last week that Illumination Illumination Entertainment, which is a subsidiary of Universal, uh, known for movies like Despicable Me, Despicable Me 2, Despicable Me 3, Secret Lives of Pets. Oh, yes. The Minion movie. Also Sing. Yes. Which, uh, oh, man. Now it's like in my brain because I was about to say for all of which we are not entirely thankful. <laughs> but uh, that Illumination Entertainment is close to an agreement with N- Nintendo to produce a Mario animated movie. It's like a full-length mm-hmm. feature film. Uh, this pairing makes sense to me because Nintendo's already working with Universal very closely on the Super Nintendo World theme park lands mm-hmm. that are coming to Universal theme parks in the next few years. So, yeah, if they have a good working relationship there, uh, it makes sense that they would continue to work with Universal in this case, uh, Illumination Entertainment. So you you've you've teased some of my worries already, which is of the movies that you listed: Despicable Me, Despicable Me Two, Minions, Despicable Me Three. There's is there a Despicable Me Three? There is. Is it called Despicable Three? It's not. Okay, well it should be. <laughs> um, I don't have there's not a lot of love lost for me with that with that studio Studio? yeah totally um i like the original despicable me movie okay i thought it was good and cute and fun and funny um but i don't think i've liked a movie of theirs since yeah i totally agree but do do we need anything more from a mario movie than to be just like light and fun and funny well, what do we need? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what, what, I, I have uh, zero expectations for this movie. Not like, um, not that my hype level is super low, but that I have literally no idea what a Mario movie could be. Like, a full length movie. Mario movies or Mario games aren't driven by story or anything. I suppose there are like the Mario RPGs and whatnot, but like, I don't know. Can it really just be like ninety minutes of Mario like running and jumping around and like 
flipping and going wahoo. Yeah, I also don't feel like uh not only do I have like zero expectations, but I have zero desire for it. Yeah. Like I don't like I like Mario. I don't at this moment, I don't know that I need a Mario movie. Mm-hmm. I would even say I love Mario and I don't need a Mario movie. Well, so the interesting thing about a Mario movie is that Mario is like not a very interesting or dynamic character in right. and of himself. Mm-hmm. You know, like we love Mario because he's fun and he's cute and he cool and he gets to like do cool things. Yeah, but he's like he's a player avatar who's always having more fun than you are. Like Mario's having so much fun. That's it. That's like all I see him as. But it's it's not a character that we care deeply about. No. And so you have to do. So it's like he's a popular character that you would have to do so much work mm-hmm. to give like an arc. Right. And like, do we want an arc? Do we want to see Mario change? What is this? So part of the rumor in the Wall Street Journal, or part of the Wall Street Journal's reporting, is that Shigeru Miyamoto would be like a consultant on it like a producer on it yeah probably closely involved um like he is on the super mario world theme park lands so that's encouraging right that he's not gonna let them do something too stupid with mario um and you know also if since he's uh collaborating on the theme parks and um was heavily involved in super mario run like he's being a good ambassador for mario to uh, platforms he's not normally oh, on. Oh, and rabbits. He was like yeah, and rabbits, yeah. Um I guess like yeah, just like the logistical questions of this, like does Charles Martinet do the voices? Uh I mean I hope so, right? No, I hope so too. Um what do you, do you want Mario to speak like in sentences? He would have to. That's the would thing. He? That's what I'm saying is that like if you're, it's like it'd be like making a Legend of Zelda movie. Yeah. Link would have to be your, he's like your main character. He is your like hero. Right. And so not unlike in the video games, you can't get away with him not talking. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just like with Mario and with Zelda and like all of these they they're incapable of going on hero's journeys as far as i'm concerned like all they can do is like be faced with adversity and overcome it that's it like there's no like inner turmoil they have to like i i just don't see how any of them can do anything other than like go on an adventure and for like a mario game and obviously maybe the uh limitations of my imagination are preventing me from seeing what can be done here but i I don't know. Do you? I feel like in developing this movie, you have an impossible choice. You either do what everybody's expecting, mm-hmm. which is uh, Princess Peach gets kidnapped by Bowser, and Mario goes on an adventure through the Mushroom Kingdom to like get her back. Right. Right. A story which seems more regressive with every passing week. <laughs> or you do something completely unexpected and run the risk of people being like, "What is this? This isn't." A Mario movie. Yeah. People saying that when there's only ever been one other Mario <laughs> movie. And we can agree that we didn't like that one. So, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I just don't really know how to feel about this because I don't feel strongly one way or the other. If a Mario movie came out and was bad, it wouldn't... No, that sure it wouldn't change anything. It wouldn't change anything. Um, the only thing that it would change uh, and... I could see this being a real bummer is that it could, I would 
expect to see elements of that Super Mario movie in the Super Mario Land um, like theme park attractions. Um, like I, I'm, I'm sure there will be enough of a firewall between movie and game. Like we're not going to see a tie-in game or anything like that. Uh, Mario is too. Mario is king of video games. You know, he need not stoop to appease the Mario movie. Um, but yeah, now the, the International Olympics Committee. Oh well, yes. <laughs> well, no, Mario and Sonic. First of all, they had to team up to take on the International Olympics Committee. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I It feels like a, a weird blip on the radar, and I know that Nintendo is trying to make more of their um, intellectual property, but, uh, you know, just profoundly untested at this point. Absolutely. Uh, oh, so the Game Awards are coming up December 7th. Okay. So how, what is our level of caring about the Game Awards? Just in general? Yeah. I Pretty think low. Yeah. I'd say. Um, I know the Game Awards that there are occasionally announcements and reveals and whatnot, um, but by and large, it seems like it is, you know, just a an opportunity to put the names of games up on a giant screen and have a room full of people applaud at a game they've played um, or haven't played and are pretending to like <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I really don't care. Well, what would you say <laughs> if I told you... That both Mario, Super Mario Odyssey, and The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild are nominated for Game of the Year. Wow, uh, I would say that that makes the Game Awards like every other video game <laughs> outlet this year. If you are a video game website, podcast, YouTube show, magazine, and you're nominating games for Game of the Year, two of those nominees are The Legend of Zelda: The Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey. No question. <laughs> Well, what if I told you that Splatoon 2 and ARMS were also nominated in other categories, like Best Family Game and Best Fighter? Uh, well, then I'm turned around on it entirely, and I'm very interested in the Game Awards now. I, uh, so are we... It sounds to me like we're going to do a live... We're going to do a live stream <laughs> reacts video with the Game Awards, so you can get our reactions to, you know, best sports simulation game in real time. Uh, I, we haven't, obviously we haven't hashed out our plans for the live stream fully, but I assume we're going to buy lots and lots of bottles of, uh, Martinelli's like sparkling cider so we can continue to drink it and like always be prepared for spit takes. Oh yes. Right. Absolutely. Why don't we do that for this show, Mark? What if we do a reaction video to this show Uh where we're drinking lots and lots of Martinelli sparkling apple cider and uh-huh. then doing spit takes every time one of us says something unexpected. Uh, or something that we're thankful for. Or something that we're thankful for. Turn that into a drinking game. <laughs> but be careful. <laughs> uh, well, we talked about it a little bit in what we were playing, but ARMS had a big update to version 4.0 this week. Um, it included a new fighter, which... How do you say this? Misango. Misango, okay. Uh, wasn't sure how to do that without sounding racist i just so. did it <laughs> if that sounded racist i apologize <laughs> if that sounded racist you could borrow patrick's copy of sonic forces <laughs> hey yeah let's talk about this for a second i i offered slash kind of push it upon our listeners if you would like to borrow my copy of sonic forces please email us at nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com gmail. with your home address or a p.o box i don't care i will send you my copy of sonic forces play it for a little bit return it whenever this is a real thing this isn't a joke 
I mean, it, it can be both. It can be a real thing and a joke. Well, I mean, it's a real thing that will happen to you if you request it. That's right. And I'll laugh about it. It's real and a joke. <laughs> um, you can play it for as long as you want and then send it back to me. I'm going to include a self-addressed stamped envelope so it is a painless process to send it back to me. No one took me up on it. I am deadly serious about this. Please write to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail. There's also a new stage in ARMS version point four. Yeah, 4.0. It's it's Misango's uh, stage. Temple Grounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're doing a what they're calling a Party Crash online event from the 24th of November to the 27th of November. And it seems like it's kind of like ARMS Splatfest. It works a little bit differently, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think you choose a side between uh, Springman and Ribbon Girl. Yep. And they can earn like extra um, coins in their online matches and stuff. So it... Uh, you know, a, a good reason to revisit the game and, you know, play over the Thanksgiving weekend. But specifically, um, not specifically, just more generally, they've been doing, and we've talked about it every time that it pops up, um, but all these, like, quiet little additions and fixes um, to ARMS in general, and the game plays so much more, like, the entire experience feels better and fuller and um, smoother when I played this last weekend versus when uh, I first picked it up. Just the addition of like two more characters in that roster, even if you're not using them, uh, just to encounter them as you're playing through the, the, the campaign or playing online makes it feel like a more diverse, uh, complete game. Yeah, I'm curious what the future holds for the for ARMS and for the ARMS IP. Yeah. Because uh, it seems like it was like a, uh, you know, moderately successful you know, like double, but mm-hmm. not really a home run. Right. Um, but it seems that like as a core fan base, I just wonder if there's room for this, for it to like continue to grow. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting, like IP. It was like an interesting experiment. I I, I yeah. wonder how successful Nintendo views it. I, I, I wonder also like arms to me, feels like it is going to be a, um, like, a distance game, right? And not like, you know, uh, Zelda and Odyssey are both sort of like sprints, right? That they are amazing experiences on the front end. And even though they're both very long games, like you have your amazing time with it. And then you're like, okay, I'm more or less done with that. Um, And, you know, even though those are, those can be weeks or months long experience, whereas ARMS seems like something I can revisit every couple months see what's new see if there's a new character remember how to play the game again um and have fun every time i do it so like i wonder if that's part of their strategy with it and i think that's definitely a like what they are trying to do and kind of a repeat of the success they've had with that same strategy with splatoon mm-hmm. and with splatoon 2 yeah right this idea that like they're always going to be supporting it there's always going to be something new for you to come back to and uh experience i i guess personally just like my own uh anecdotal experience is that arms feels less approachable than like yes. splatoon 2 mm-hmm. like a little more like technical but i also don't think if they had launched with all this stuff initially it would have changed my perception or the general reception yeah. of arms you know it kind of is what it is and it has a uh like a healthy fan base mm-hmm. but uh and you know you can do way worse than that and speaking of Splatoon 2, uh, this past weekend, 
North America had another Splatfest where it was uh, fantasy versus sci-fi. Fantasy ended up taking the victory um, in both popularity and solo battles. Team Sci-Fi won uh, more team battles at 51% overall, but uh, two to one, Fantasy took it. Did you jump into Splatoon 2 at all this weekend? I did not. I didn't even pick a team on this one. Um, I played a little bit. Oh, you did? Yeah, I got in. I did. Uh, I chose Fantasy, but I only played like three or four mm-hmm. matches. I spent more time in Salmon Run because I love Salmon Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the t- time I was playing, it was a bad, or at least for me, like a bad mix of weapons yeah, to choose sure. from. It had like two sniper rifle type things. What? Like the charge shot? Things? Yeah. And mm. I uh, I don't mm. like, I'm bad at those in general in Splatoon. And I feel like they're terrible for, or at least I have no idea how to use them in Salmon Run, which I feel like is so like, um, fast paced yeah that having to like charge and shoot or just like keep jamming the trigger and just shooting out like a little bit of ink every time wasn't an effective strategy for me i feel like uh the i feel like salmon run is really dependent on like the mix of yeah sure uh weapons uh for how much like time i want to put into it or how much i enjoy it tell me if this reads is true to you i feel worse disappointing my team in salmon run than um like in regular turf war yeah i told i totally do as well like when i find myself using a weapon i'm no good at i'm like oh everyone's gonna hate me well only because it like the focus is different yeah, yeah right like you can have i guess you kind of can in salmon run have one person carry you but it feels but it's that like, feels more difficult, especially in like the third round of it. Well, and especially w- when you get some of the variations on it, like the glow flies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't think, w- like one person cannot carry you in glow flies because they're going to get glow flied and then right. everything is just going to swarm them. And so I'm sh- sitting there with like a sniper rifle thing that I don't really know how to use, just kind of like, ah, <laughs> yeah. So we didn't get very far. So I apologize to anybody who played with me this weekend. <laughs> that I messed up your perfect salmon run because I was not able to use the two sniper rifle things. Uh, man, that game is split. I, I mean, like you were saying with arms, it's so much fun to just like go back to. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't play it regularly that much anymore, but when I do go back, I always have a blast. And then finally, Hal Laboratory seems to be teasing a new Box Boy game. Box Boy. So at the end of a video posted to the official Japanese YouTube channel, they included a graphic that showed all three of the games that had been released so far. And they were all on the 3DS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Box Boy, Box Box Boy, and and Bye Bye bye, Box Boy. Boy. And so it was a graphic that had all three, and then down at the bottom, like, QB's peeking up, and it says, to be continued, question mark? So... How Laboratory has discussed the multiplayer possibilities of the Switch in the past, but stopped short of confirming a new game. But give it to me, How Laboratory. I would give absolutely. We will take it. A new Box Boy game on Switch and or uh, a Box Boy trilogy on Switch. Oh, yeah. I would totally buy that. Especially because I think the uh, Bye Bye Box Boy, and I'm sure all of them were like $5. Yeah, they're super cheap games. Um, also, bring the QB Amiibo over here, you cowards. Cowards! We are calling you out. Bring that amiibo here. <laughs> it's so cute. It's very cute. It's just a little cube. With arms. With arms and Ugh. legs and like little eyes. It's all we want. Look, we are very happy with our ultra detailed uh, Guardian amiibos from yeah. Breath of the Wild. Look, we're very thankful yes. for the Yes, there we go. Amiibo. amiibo. Why <laughs> didn't I say that? 
Because it was because it's supposed to be not Nintendo related. Oh yeah, that's a great point, Mark. Let's get out of the news. Okay, uh, I lied. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I forgot okay. one. I forgot one more thing. How are we supposed to trust our newscasters, Mark? <laughs> that I wanted to talk about. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, there's been a bunch of rumors recently that Game Freak is looking to do something quote disruptive. With Pokemon on Switch. Game Freak, of course, being the developer of Pokemon. Absolutely. Something disruptive. So on a recent Easy Allies podcast, it was mentioned that after Super Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, you know, both kind of, in their own way, broke from the formula Mm -hmm. of what we expect from a Mario game and a Zelda game, respectively, Game Freak is looking to do something similar with Pokemon. That's interesting. It is interesting. It sounds a little bit too much like fanboy wish fulfillment mm, to me mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you know ever since oh man i don't even know the wii uh gamecube like gamecube maybe people have been imagining what like a pokemon mmo would look like or a big or like once breath of the wild was released where it's like what if you had a pokemon breath of the wild and yeah I just, so for, for for people who maybe uh the the term mmo might be a little bit stranger we're a nintendo podcast right um uh MMO is a massively multiplayer online uh, game, usually followed by the initials RPG role-playing game. Um, so the kind of, you know, like a, a World of Warcraft, um, where people are in an active uh, multiplayer world, basically, um, which is borderline what Pokemon is, just like with the online part of that just being like the real world, kind of, right? Where you just have to like find other people to play against. Um, so yeah, I mean, it does seem like a a short trip or like an obvious uh, extension of like what the series could be. I don't know. What are you thinking? Do you think that's what disruptive means, or do you think it means something different? Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know because it's Game Freak is such a, a cautious developer. I would get, I would say, you know, like, and I don't. I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where I don't know how much the real world is being reflected by what, sure. um, you know, like the hardcore quote unquote, whatever that means, like fan base for these games that is buying every iteration, you know, getting it to the post game, right. uh, have like all like over 700 Pokemon. If those people who I feel like are the most fervent, um, and persistent like base of these you know it needs to be switched up sort of thing like uh if that's reflective of the population as a whole yeah because you know they've kind of been doing the same sort of pattern where they release a generation then they like iterate on it Mm -hmm. release a generation then iterate on it remake an old game you know like it's all very safe and right and even like i mean the the newest pokemon games even though they are very pretty and they have super deep systems all of that dna is in the original game right right like, it's more about like careful refinement mm-hmm. than it is like and, huge, and expanding on it really but totally yeah. and in, instead of huge like iterative changes and right. so we've I, we've I don't never know. we've never been forced to ask what it means to play a pokemon game separate from you know red and blue at the beginning yeah so i don't know i mean i guess maybe this the jump to hd maybe the jump to switch Mm -hmm. is a good time for that but also maybe it's not because you know game freak isn't the most um they don't i don't technically 
their games are not always uh the most polished like they don't sure put as much focus on to the technical aspects of their games i mean that that being said the sheer volume of characters and character designs in something like pokemon sun or pokemon moon you know even if those games kind of chug a little bit or like i mean they're really not that glitchy considering the huge variety of like characters and types and stuff right i mean we're gonna be talking about skyrim on thursday we are gonna be talking about skyrim on thursday so we will talk about glitchy (laughs) stuff um but yeah i mean it's 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 a good point that like you know we don't necessarily think of game freak as like how a powerhouse kind of but you know like we also don't think of nintendo that way either and um you know that that doesn't stop uh, odyssey and breath of the wild um, from being like genre redefining games. Totally. If I were betting, I would say that this new game is not going to be uh, groundbreaking. Like, I think it'll just be a continuation of the Pokemon formula. And I think it will be groundbreaking, but is this one of our million dollar bets? Million dollar bets. Uh, I'm saying that it will be groundbreaking, but for the match three puzzle genre. <laughs> Perfect. Right. Can we get out of the news now, Mark? Yeah, for real this time. Here we go. Right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you like the show, please uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That um, helps us out a lot. It's one of the big ways that uh, Apple Podcasts and iTunes shuffles podcasts around and says, oh, here, this is something that you would like. Random person looking for video game stuff. Yeah, um, no joke. We really do appreciate mm-hmm. everybody who has left us reviews. It really helps us out a lot. Um, yeah, we really we really are thankful for yes. each and every one of you and we hope that you have a if you're celebrating it here in the states a safe and happy Thanksgiving even if you're not in Bethesda, Maryland. Right. I give I wish you all the biggest of ups. Whoa, are you giving universal ups on Thanksgiving? Only to those listening I right now. <laughs> um you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter we are at Nincart Society. On Facebook we are just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Look out on Wednesday. I'm on the podcast Teen Creeps talking about the Lois Duncan novel Killing Mr. Griffin. Um it was a super fun time and Is that the family guy character? Yeah, that's right. Actually the character's name is Brian Griffin. <laughs> and his wife's name is Kathy Griffin. So it's this is the kind of <laughs> it's a it is actually a remarkably good book. Lois Duncan um, is the writer of I Know What You Did Last Summer, um, which in its original novel form is a lot less slasher movie. I didn't even know it was a novel. Yeah, it was. Um, it's, you know, like a kind of quiet meditation on like guilt and like what four teenagers no do. Way. When, yeah. And it's like the characters are all very richly drawn and like have deep inner lives and the writing is like superb. Um, and then uh, she went and saw the movie, wasn't involved in the, like the development of uh, the book into a, a film. So it was like, what are they doing to my characters? Oh, that's like, that's like a saving Mr. Bing situation. What? Like yes. PL Travers. Yes, it like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Uh, so if anyone wants to adapt Lois Duncan's life into that, also Lois Duncan, uh, wrote all of these books about like kind of like soft thrillers, right? So there were there's frequently like murder, um, but never in like a like slashery kind of way. Her own daughter was murdered. No, in real life. That's so sad. It's super sad. Sorry to tee that up like a joke, only to say something super sad. If you like Mark and Mine's opinions, <laughs> we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. 
Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. If you like his music, you can listen more of it more of it on apebetty.com or right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers thanking you for listening. What's a creative podcast network?